again. I loved it. Um, and I went back and reread the Foundation series in high school. Mm-hmm. And at some point back then, we didn't have like the internet, but we had Prodigy online, kind of like AOL online. Okay. And I, I ended up being the president, <laughs> this is in high, early high school, mm-hmm. of the Foundation's Friends Club on Prodigy online. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> have you ever wondered what it's like? to discover a brand new world. In the last three decades, we've found over 5,000 planets outside our solar system called exoplanets. I'm Dr. Jesse Christensen, the lead scientist at the NASA Exoplanet Archive. This is Explore Exoplanets, The Discoverers, a series where I interview the brilliant minds behind the discovery of brand new planets. Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Jesse Christensen. Welcome to Explore Exoplanets, The Discoverers, uh, where we interviewed the discoverers of some of the 5,000 exoplanets we've found so far. Uh, in our last episode, we found out that Peter Plavchan, Associate Professor at George Mason University, who's joining us today, his favorite planet is Trantor from the Foundation series. So Peter, tell us about Trantor and what we know about it and what you love about it. Yeah, so I, I gotta give you some backstory with my, my love of science fiction over the years. I grew up with Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was four years old playing with Star Wars uh, figurines in the early 80s, uh, and remembering that, remembering that my neighbor had cooler ones. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> specific <laughs> memory. <laughs> particularly in At- Atwalker. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and granted, uh, Trantor is not a Star Wars planet, but it does have an equivalent called Coruscant. And like, fast forward to middle school i tried reading foundation and i gave up and i was like this sucks and then one day it's completely random i found a copy of foundation and earth which was like the fourth or fifth book in the series mm-hmm. sorry forgetting uh just somewhere lying around and i said wow this is really cool i'm gonna pick it up and read it and i loved it um, and I went back and reread the Foundation series in high school. Mm-hmm. And at some point back then, we didn't have like the internet, but we had Prodigy online, kind of like AOL online. Okay. And I, I ended up being the president, <laughs> this is in high, early high school, mm-hmm. of the Foundation's Friends Club on Prodigy online. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> and actually, one the vice president who happened to be my age was was a was a child as well. Mm-hmm. He and I are still friends on Facebook, like years later. So we put out some silly little newsletter with like fan fiction. Uh, but for me, uh, I love Tranter from that series, and of course, the a, a parallel is Coruscant in the, the Star Wars universe of uh, this idea of a, a globe-spanning city. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Foundation. Yeah, there's a bit of a period where, you know, there's a story where the someone goes to the surface for the first time in their lives. Like they've never actually been to the surface of the planet. And there's so many different onion layers and levels to this planet. It kind of just boggled my mind mm-hmm. that civilization could advance to a point where it just occupied an entire planet. So are they above the surface? I'm not familiar with it myself. So uh, in the novels... 
if I remember correctly, there like the characters like never went to the surface. But I remember seeing some like remember in my memory there's some this is years ago since I've read the novels where they go to the surface and they see some like plant like clinging for life on top of all this industrial mm-hmm. mess. But in, in the in the Apple TV uh, rendition of this, they're on the surface pretty often. Oh, okay. Is that but, why they yeah. leave the surface? They've just like wrecked it. It's just like landfill or something. I think in the case of Tranter in the novels, it's just been so long and people have been living like that that they forgot what it was like for a plant to even have a surface. Ah, right? cool. So it's just been built up and built up and built up. Right. But of course. Yeah, is it I, is it actually, is it floating or is it like a construction that starts at the ground and grows up, but they're well high? It's construction that starts on the ground and grows up. Oh. Yeah, it goes up very, you know, just like hundreds of stories of, essentially a building that spans the entire planet. Okay. And what really spoke to you was just this like incredibly novel idea of living your whole life and never going to the surface of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds kind of like the plot of Silo, Ah, uh uh (laughs) another new TV show. But yeah, just, yeah, just the idea that you can have a a planet that is just purely um, inhabited, like completely, uh, what's the right word for it? You know, uh, engineered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to be just for human life. Right. So we went into the NASA Exoplanet Archive to find the real world equivalent of Trantor. Uh, so one of the interesting things about Trantor is it's the, the capital of the, of the first galactic empire. It's like the center of the galaxy's operations, essentially. Uh, so what we did was go and find the planet in the archive closest to the center of the galaxy. Uh, and we did have, we, we have a few planets that are about 90% of the way between us and the center of the galaxy. So we're about 30,000 light years away from the middle of the galaxy. Uh, And we have some planets that are 27,000 light years away from us. So they're 90% of the way to the center of the galaxy. Uh, And the one that we've chosen to be the real world analog of Trantor, I'm gonna have to bring it up because it's a horrible big telephone number, I'm sorry. Uh, It's KMT 2021 BLG 1077 LB. (laughs) And I'm gonna apologize for the name, but all of those letters and numbers do have a meaning uh, in some way. So KMT is the Korean Microlensing Telescope. 2021 is the year that they did these observations. BLG is the bulge, the, 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 they look towards the bulge at the center of the galaxy. 1077 is it was the 1077th lens event that they observed that season. And B is the planet. <laughs> so it's KMT 2021 BLG 1077LB. Uh, Here after your nickname Tranter. Right? Yeah, yeah, let's just call it Tranter from now because it's, it's a horrible thing to say. Um, so ways that it's similar to Trantor. So it's towards the center of the galaxy. Uh, so it, you know, if you were trying to choose a capital for our galaxy, choosing something towards the center would be good. Uh, and it is one of the very few multi-planet systems that have been found with microlensing. So those are kind of two of the ways it's the same. Uh, how it's different. Uh, so what we know is very little about Trantor B in real life. Um, it's a gas giant, uh, not a rocky planet. But if we're talking about a planet where the civilization needs to live above the surface, you know, you want to be above a, the surface of a, gas, of a gas giant. It gets too high pressure as you get deeper down. Uh, the other difference with this one, Trantor B, the real life Trantor, is that it's probably too cold. Um, it's actually quite far away from its star, and its star is a very cool M dwarf, much cooler than our sun. Um, so it's probably too cool to be habitable for life as we know it. But again, you know, there's probably ways you can engineer it. I mean, Trantor sounds like it has incredible engineering and this planet would have incredible engineering. So that's today's real life analog. I'm going to say it one more time. KMT 2021 BLG 1077 LB. 
uh, for Trantor from uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation. Okay, so Peter, getting back to you. Are you still looking for planets? Oh, sure. Uh, while AUMake might have been the one that I first directly confirmed, I have now lost count of how many planets that I've helped contribute to mm -hmm. the validation or confirmation of. Like the test mission has been amazing, finding over 5,000 candidates. And uh, we're somewhere over 50 planets at this point that my group has contributed to Discovery. But I'm double that now. I need to check at some point. I <laughs> yeah, casually, it uh, might be 50, might be 100. I actually, yeah, because there's a few collaborations that I, I mm -hmm. lead or co-lead. Um, and uh, and we've been following up test candidates over the past few years. And it's been, it's been wonderful uh, for follow-up. Mm -hmm. So given that you still have this drive, you're still looking for planets, is there a particular real or fictional planet that you'd really love to find? Like, what's your goal? What are you hunting for? So here's what I say. I would like to retire, <laughs> going back to the last episode, I would love to retire when we take the first direct image of an Earth-sized world in the habitable zone of a sun-like star with the habitable world's observatory. Okay. Uh, and we know that mission, and it may not be Trantor, right? But maybe one of them will, right? Uh, now those will be nearby. Yeah, I was going to say Trantor's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that we're so not we going to look twenty-seven thousand light years away with habitable worlds observatory. Yeah, we will find Terminus or something like that in outer reaches of the galaxy mm -hmm. here in the backwater of our part of the galaxy. Okay, so the last thing we do is answer questions from our incredible audience. Uh, and this one I chose specifically for Peter because we didn't really talk too much about it, but AUMIC-B uh, is a very young planet orbiting a very young star. Uh, and so one of the questions we got was, how old does a star have to be before it has planets? Uh, so Peter, do you want to have a, a stab at that one? How, how do planets oh, yeah. and stars form and so how long does it take? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good question. And and the idea behind this system, because technically the star is what's called a pre-main sequence star, mm -hmm. it's not actually a star yet. It hasn't ignited nuclear fusion in its core mm -hmm. uh, to reach what we call the main sequence where it's stable. Right now it's throwing a lot of tantrums <laughs> uh, because it's got this unstable balance between gravity pulling the star in, the heat that's being generated from that contraction. Mm -hmm. And it's getting close to the point where those nuclear reactions are going to start. So we do know now that those plants are there and they're formed. And the, in this, the star system's only, you know, 20 million years old. Mm -hmm. And that, that may sound like a long time, but compared to the age of our sun at 50, sorry, 5 billion years, mm -hmm. Uh, this is it's a relatively, baby. Yeah. it's a baby when it comes to stars. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit surprising to us now that we have the radii of these plants from the test mission, the sizes, and we have the masses, how much they weigh from the Doppler technique. These planets aren't as fluffy as we thought they'd be. Mm. They're pretty compact and dense already. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you compare them to how dense similar planets are around older stars, mm -hmm. they're already of a similar density. And that okay. is a big Yeah, that surprise. is surprising. I think we thought that the planets themselves would also still be contracting and maybe yeah. you know, losing some of their upper yeah. atmosphere. So, so whatever it is, it happened fast. Right. The only thing I would add to that is as young a star as we've been able to look at with the sensitivity to see planets, 
we see planets. Like we haven't looked at a young star where we could see planets and not see planets yet. Like they just seem, as soon as the star appears, there seems to be evidence of planets around them, uh, which is wild and tells us so much interesting stuff about how the planets are forming out of the material and what are the dominant physics that are happening in terms of radiation and gravity and pressure and turbulence. Uh, so it's a very, very interesting question. And AUMIC is a really super interesting system. So congratulations again on the discovery, Peter. It really did, as you say, have a huge impact on the field. Uh, and thank you again for being our guest today. I hope you've had a good time. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. And uh, good luck with the rest of the podcast as well. It sounds fantastic. Thank you. Well, that will kind of depend on our amazing audience who are listening right now. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to know more, send us your burning questions so that we can address them with our next guests. And see you next time on Explore Exoplanets, The Discoverers.